Hey, what's the right way to say this word? Because I've I I've heard people saying it in two different ways, and even the same person saying it in two different ways. Do you say interesting or interesting? I say interesting. I also say interesting, but I, you know, a lot of people say hmm, interesting. All right, that is interesting. Interesting. I don't know. But I, 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 I feel right. like my um, the way that I say the word influences like w- w- my meaning of it. Like interesting means like it's 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 way more interesting than interesting. <laughs> no, like say someone is telling me this long story and I'm like, oh, interesting. Like <laughs> that means the opposite. That means like, uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, that means like, oh, great. Uh, can we talk about something else? Um, but if someone says something and I say, huh, interesting then that means that's very interesting. Good to know. I'm going to go back in all old layout episodes <laughs> oh, to no. try to spot where I said, oh, interesting. <laughs> uh, well, I might You should might recalibrate your vocabulary. Trouble, but, uh, <laughs> edit this out. Edit this out. Quick. <laughs> abort. 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 Uh, <laughs> Pull the plug. Hey, do you, use the, do you use the mail app for default on a Mac? Yep, I do. Okay, yeah. Me too, but like, I feel like maybe I'm doing way too much email and it's time for an upgrade or something else. Mm. It's just, if if I'm not, like, I'm usually, I follow Inbox Zero, um, and usually I'm on top of my email, but like, nowadays, if I, like, I spend one day in where, it's not that I didn't check my email, I did check it, but like, I wasn't really doing email, uh, one day, and that's all it takes for me to get into three digits, like on the hundreds of unreads. And I can't, it just takes so much time to, to get caught up on that. So just wondering if... Do you want to know how many unread emails I have right now? Oh, uh, Kevin. Do I? Sure, let's hear it. 64. 64? Oh, that's not bad. I have 19. <laughs> I, I don't know if the, the problem is the tool, though. Like, what would a different email client do differently? I really did like Mailbox and the snoozing and the remind me later and stuff. Uh, uh, and just I just felt like I could go through it quickly, mm-hmm. very quickly. Uh, I like added to reminders or whatever there was. I don't even remember. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Also, I would love to for it to be a bit smarter in where maybe it could know that all of the emails coming from GitHub are GitHub notifications and maybe treat it differently. Oh, yeah. I don't know. And and people are probably, you know, screaming at their phones saying, well, just use Gmail or Spark or whatever something, whatever app is cool nowadays. I'm just saying that I don't know. I don't know what's a cool thing. I do, I do know that I don't like to use, uh, like, Gmail, the web interface. Like, using a, a browser, that's not how I think of things. <laughs> So, hopefully, an app, <laughs> hopefully a native app, something. I don't know. Yeah, from for email clients, that there's no truly good sustainable business model. Um, so, like all of them eventually just die or languish and don't get updated. So, I don't know. It's I mean, best of luck. There's the uh, there's the asshole email client. Um, that I think it's called Superhuman. That's like thirty bucks a month. That people say is good, um, but. Oh, yeah. Um, you got to get an in- invitation and all the oh, but there's your business model stuff that <laughs> happens. But um, yeah, I don't know. It just feels too much. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. Mail is fine. Like I, I very much feel like the problem with email is the same problem with to-do lists. <laughs> it's like it's not in the software. It's in the humans behind it. <laughs> it's like your problem is you are receiving too many emails that you don't want. <laughs> and that's where you need to solve the problem. Um, I would, yeah, on that front, I would highly recommend Gmail filters. So find the right combination of keywords that you're not interested in hearing about. And just I'm not doing anything like that. Yeah, yeah I don't have any yeah, you Gmail gotta get, filters. Like, um, a while ago, now people don't really do that. Well, you can't send team emails anyways anymore to like literally the entire company because it's thousands and thousands of people but um you used to be able like literally anyone in the company could email like team at um and uh what happened is people would send their love very lovely baby pictures uh, oh no to the entire team <laughs> and <laughs> and of course of course your baby is very cute There's, there are no ugly babies but um i just am not interested <laughs> seeing your baby um especially like when we have offices in multiple cities like i have literally never met you in my entire life and you're sending me pictures of your baby like no thanks um i never got one of those emails yeah well (laughs) you can be thankful for that although uh it's probably because you're early stage startup and nobody has baby i don't know (laughs) Uh, no it's because i, I was born in slack I guess but um yeah so anyways actually like every company that i worked at uh we always use slack um we always use slack including the first one like we started with hip chat and i didn't brought slack like still in beta weird stage but still i still use slack at that first company so mm-hmm. i missed all that you're so young <laughs> Yeah, such a baby. <laughs> yeah, we before Slack we used uh, oh, what was the name of it? Flowdoc. This still around. Flowdoc. Flowdoc. It was Slack, but terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so HipChat, basically. But I think it was even worse. Okay. Oh, it still <laughs> exists. Wow. How? I don't know. It's called CA now. CA Technologies. <laughs> Which so is it Canadian? Idea. No, I don't think so. I'm also like I have a sore throat right now, so which is what explains my funny voice. Apologies. Oh, we have robot Kevin. Bra- robot or not? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin TX nine thousand. Yep. It's like a, it's like when you speak through a fan and you get that <laughs> robot voice. I have that nonstop right now. So just get rid of that fan. Take it out of in front of you. <laughs> I'm a big fan, though. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm cutting all this out. Actually, I'm not. I'm leaving it in so people really know the true Kevin. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. Just kidding. Uh, no, not kidding. I'm totally leaving that in. Okay. Main topic. Kevin. Uh, um, we have it here like as the, the, the name of the topic, uh, which is, is, is um, cross-team collaboration. I guess what I'm trying to 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 go with this is uh I've been thinking uh, about how to how does design fit in a company's organization you know hierarchy um you know mostly because I'm like head of design and now I have a team to run and I try to see where this fits in a company and stuff um and so I've been wondering cuz I don't know if there's like even a right or wrong answer here but um in a very simplistic way, I guess you could 
to find design in two ways. Design could either be its own team in the company. So a company can have a sales team, a product team, a marketing team, and a design team, as an example. Or you could treat designers and design as a resource for a team or from you know to a team. So instead of having design as its own theme, uh, its own team, you could have a product designer working in a product team. You can have marketing designers working in a marketing team, so on and so forth. And I guess the biggest change here is first you are more specialized, so you're not going to do as an individual designer, you're not going to do a lot of crazy stuff across teams. Uh, but also it also can change uh, who you report to because if you have your own design team you would always report to Mm -hmm. your design lead your head of design whatever Uh, but if you work under a product team then you would report to the head of product or you know product manager and all that so i am wondering is any of these like is any of these different ways of structuring design into a team better than the other or not like i am not i'm torn uh, about this i am not so sure do you have any thoughts yeah i think it's interesting because if there was a single perfect answer everyone would have that format and then there there would be almost no question about it uh but it's as many things in life (laughs) there is no one right answer um i think the first thing to address is um like design as more of a service versus being um, kind of more of a stakeholder. And I think mm-hmm. any discipline starts kind of as a service to other folks. Um, so imagine they're like a company of 10 people and then they hire the first designer. Typically, like they hire that person because they need something done. And so, and also because you are that first person, you will be incredibly busy and be bouncing around mm-hmm. a million different things. Um, so you will kind of be more at the service of whatever other people want you to do, um, which can be fine, honestly. Like it, like really depends on the kind of kind of role that you want to have, I think, and well, like what the the company needs. But I do think that um, a problem with being kind of a service to other teams or other folks is that you're kind of never in charge of your own destiny. <laughs> like hmm. you're because you are typically like just a smaller number of people you will always be given like a, there's a not always another task and always something more to do which means that you have no time to set your own goals and own objectives um which means it's like very hard to actually be part of the decision making and again as at least i truly believe and i'm pretty sure you also believe like uh design is at its best when it can kind of influence decision making and that we're not just Mm -hmm. kind of executing on like a vision that was already pre-established so um i think like if you are in that situation where you're kind of more at at the service of other folks like it's interesting i think the first first step is like looking at your kind of your how you spend your time if you find that 100 percent of your time is utilized um like that's the number one reason why you can't sort of get out of that. Um, try to make sure to find some free, more free time uh, for yourself so that you can establish that strategy. And oftentimes that will require investing more people um, into things. So the more people you have, the more you are able to dedicate resources to longer term thinking rather than just 
fixing what needs done like immediately right now. Um, now, in terms of the structure of the organization, I think it's interesting to look at both. Um, so, so but before we get into yeah. that, I'm so sorry. Uh, I just want to talk about something you mentioned there. Um, do you think that that uh, mentality, that way of thinking about design as a core component of like all the decision making, like it should be there from the beginning? Do you feel like that's something just inherent from the type of company that is like maybe the co-founders, like they really define that early on? Um, or do you think like that is something that can be uh, changed and can be introduced later on as well? Because, you know. <laughs> I'm of two minds know. about this. Like it really depends on the feeling of the founders. So there, I, I forget where I got this from. Like I didn't come up with this, but um, it's like, you know, famously very hard to change the mind of a founder of a company um, because the only reason they got where they are is they uh, many many people told them no and they did it anyways <laughs> and so there's just like typically the personality of the person kind of in charge um, is that they're, they are going to be very um, very driven and like very confident about their own approach um, so I think you have to see that there's a little bit of an opening there. Otherwise you're kind of fighting an uphill battle. But um, in many cases, like I think, for example, like the, our CEO is like not a designer. He's an engineer. Uh, and you could think like, oh, therefore that means like things are very engineering driven. Um, and I think engineering is very important to our company. Uh, but he also very much cares about design anyways, even if like that's not like his original background. So I don't think it's necessarily that you need to have a designer start the company for that to happen. Um, I think it's something that can be acquired, but there needs to be like a desire for that to happen. Um, if not, I mean, I uh, honestly like, like good job to all the people who still do the hard work and try to convince people that like really don't want to be convinced. But I find that it always helps to have like at least a bit of an opening so that like, and then take that and, and prove that the value of design. Does that make sense? It does. I, I tend to agree. Does that does that match kind of your experience or I don't think I have the experience to, to know this. Mm. <laughs> I was never like this is, right now, this is my first uh product company. So you know, I think agencies it's way different how you even structure a company. Uh, so this is really my first product company and uh, we don't have, you know, we're still small in that we don't have a, any VP of design or whatever, right? Like someone senior from, you know, at the top right now. And me in this current role is that now something that is on my radar. Like, is this something I should, you know, work on? Is this something that I should be worrying about? Is, you know, just, just. It has come into my radar now, so that's why I'm thinking. But I don't have any experience, and that's why yeah. even I'm asking all these questions. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if I'm like. I also haven't been to twenty different companies, so like your mm -hmm. mileage may vary there. But I I feel like generally <laughs> that's yeah. I like and especially right. I I think one other angle is like looking at our specific industry. Like design is really important because software can take any shape. So 
like and there's infinite distribution so basically like one of the ways to stand out and to have like a competitive edge over your competitor is to have a better design um but in some other areas maybe design is less important and can be more of a outsourced thing like i i feel like mm-hmm. mo- most of the stuff that people interact with yeah probably like that needs design and needs design to be uh, a stakeholder but i don't know if you're doing this like server farm thing that like no <laughs> okay well not not like a like end user product like netlify but like a um sort of like corporate you know s- server thing yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that like nobody <laughs> sure. interacts with like it's maybe that's a bad example i don't know but um maybe it doesn't need it york i don't um yeah that makes sense right sorry so uh to get back on track you were talking you were you're gonna start to talk about the hierarchy and structure yeah yeah okay so structure um i think we should probably start with the um sort of functional organization or functional structure so that is basically Mm. where every person reports into their discipline so the designers report into designers who report into like the head of design engineering reports into engineering, which like ends up reporting to like the CTO or something. Um, so, mm-hmm. so on and so forth, like the same thing for every single discipline. Um, there are a lot of companies that are organized like this. Um, typically maybe on the smaller scale of things. Um, but there are also very large companies who follow that organization. Uh, the most famous one being Apple, um, which famously, and I don't know, maybe that's changed since, but um, that's like been like one of the famous like Steve Jobs thing. Like we are a huge, a big company that is run like a startup. Like that's kind of what he means by that um, is that they're still, they're not divided in different divisions. Uh, there's a single design team who's in charge all of design across all of apple's products um mm-hmm. okay people are gonna say again call call out the fa- the fanboy thing but i think it's like a good example um so what it, like the advantages of being organized this way uh is that like kind of pretty obvious right like because you have a single design team that means you have way more consistency because all of the designers our peers together and all report to a single person. Um, and so that means like your product can have the same look and feel that you can like make sure that there's a, the same kind of standard for quality across the board, that there's no kind of differences there. And that it just like is, if you say you roll out like a design system update or something like that, that like that gets rolled out in a, this at the same like same frequency at the same time. Um, it's also pretty good for uh, team members because you always report into someone who literally like has done the same job as you, you do before. They know what your challenges are. They can really grow you really well because like, hey, my boss is a designer and my boss's boss is, was also a designer. And so there's more of that shared understanding of what everyone is kind of like going mm-hmm. through that ability to like grow you as a team member some of the downsides there is that um it's a little bit harder to be an owner uh when you have these kind of 
separations because it's like okay but who owns the project well i don't know like my boss cares about ux but they like don't don't give a crap about engineering and like the engineer like well my boss cares most about engineering and doesn't care about ux so like how do we reconcile these things and like ultimately the product like needs to go out and someone needs to own the product and what happens in that case well then the product manager owns the product but that means that like every single person kind of like owns only their piece they and mm-hmm. ideally like i'm i'm painting this worst case scenario picture like obviously like hopefully people care and want to work together and but like i'm just talking about what the structure reinforces like what it does is it reinforces the silos between the right. different disciplines every team has their own set of priorities they're not all you know what's important to them is their you know what's what's responsible of them yeah designers will care about design and that's their top priority while engineering is engineering and what well yeah whatever yeah and again there are advantages to this right like it creates sometimes a necessary tension Uh, because i think we've talked a long time ago with um episode with uh, uh joel khalifa on um like the fact that like sometimes designers adopt like kind of dark pattern like this mm-hmm. kind of organization is one way to help guards guard against that because it's like designers can or or feel like they can hold up their side more because all they report to is design so it's like th- there can be more tension between the different groups um because of that because it's like well i really care about design I don't care about the the metrics for like how much we're growing. Like that's not how I'm necessarily like evaluated. Like I'm I'm speaking in very broad terms here. Like I don't want anyone to like talk about the specifics like or to like pick apart the specifics because I know like there are things that you can put in place to uh like you know improve the downsides of this. Like I'm really painting the kind of like, here's the all the downsides like of the worst that could happen um but um that is like one way it's like okay design like is really like just focused on design um so yeah upsides is um we're kind of like guarding against the um i don't know like the dark pattern issue or the same thing with um on the engineering side of not tackling like the technical debt because we care um we like we care about that and so that's reviewed and like we all know that kind of like what gets measured gets like gets improved and gets better um so like if you have a boss and a leadership structure that really values the quality of your craft then that's something that will remain really high um and if like you don't have that then that means that means it's it's going to be harder for for it to happen um i'm trying to think if there's anything else on the functional structure oh uh another like another sort of downside is that um like you do like in order to make this work right because like otherwise everyone's kind of like in their own silos um in order to make this work like you have to have people kind of make compromises between the different uh, orgs and so sometimes it's like there's a little bit of kind of 
fighting for resources of like okay no but we need this it's like oh yeah but my priority is this so it's just like figuring out what is the right um yeah what is the right like framework for for that to happen but um otherwise i generally like it is a pretty solid um structure for companies of like many many types of sizes um and you can make that work and i think it it puts a lot of emphasis on the craft quality of the product uh, which is really good Mm -hmm. um and i think that's like what apple was like priding themselves on versus more of the microsoft approach um which we can talk about or google or google i guess Um, google is famous to have all kinds of crazy teams and they work very yeah i feel like like small teams but they work i feel like google is probably not even the other kind like the the uh divisional structure like they're probably Mm -hmm. some kind of like crazy model (laughs) i don't know if you saw um just like a small tangent with the google thing someone had like a really interesting twitter thread um on how um the satellite view in google map was almost named bird view did you see this? Yeah, saw that. That was funny. <laughs> and like that, that wasn't even like the interesting part of the the thread. Uh, apparently, like the yeah. Google, Google executive leadership team was trying like every every week, I think, a different like style of meetings, uh, and one of them involved uh, the CEO being on an elliptical <laughs> for the entire meeting. Yeah, what the hell. <laughs> It's like these are like every time I read stuff like this about Google, um, it just reinforces the idea that uh, Silicon Valley is uh, <laughs> almost documentary, documentary <laughs> level uh-huh. uh, <laughs> type of show. Yeah, it's just it's just hilarious. Um, and then the the other type that they mentioned was um, that they had like a clock, and then when the clock ran out, it's like the last kind of decision or the last person that was speaking ends up being like what we we decide to ship that's smart crazy crazy (laughs) um so anyways google is probably like doing some something funky probably very smart but also kind of weird so um who knows but um so the other way and i'm sure like i was looking up online and i think there are other ways um to organize companies but I'm most familiar with like these two ways, and I think they're the primary mm-hmm. ways. So the second way is uh, uh, divisional structure. So that means rather than split by discipline, you split kind of by areas. So, mm-hmm. for example, if we take, again, the example of, of Apple, it would be like, okay, instead of having a design team and an engineering team and a whatever team, they would have like, you are the iPhone team. Then you are mm-hmm. the ipad team and you are the mac team uh and then within that you'd have like sub teams i was like okay well on iphone you are the um i don't know ios or iphone os team and so on and so forth so Mm -hmm. what this does is basically it removes a lot of the barriers and the silos between the different uh disciplines it also puts people together a lot more so you'll have everyone kind of sitting under the same org structure. Um, so like, for example, me as a designer, I would like end up reporting into the same person as like an engineering lead. Um, and so we'd have that one person have that kind of shared understanding of both UX and engineering. So downside is like that manager, that that leader is probably less 
um, well versed in both engineering and UX at the same time, right? Like they kind of have to mm-hmm. be, they have to be a good leader in the abstract, but less good in the specifics. So, but it's going to be sometimes harder, like to get the, you know, a more actionable, like precise feedback on mm-hmm. specific, like say design specific things or not. Um, it could, but it could also like that leadership uh, role. Uh, I can see in this type of structure, it would also make it easier to. It would be more more effective communication. So if like I'm a product leader or, or app, whatever. Well, you use Apple as an example. If I'm running the iPhone team, it's way easier for me to if I need I need these designers working on this one project, and I need this one engineer paired with that what other. UX researcher or whatever paired for this one project, you know, it's easier to manage resources and people than, uh, you know, if I want this iPhone to happen, I would have to try to talk to the head of uh, design and try to get some designers allocated for this, which would also be competing with other people, you know, other teams for, you know, for resources and stuff. Effectively, you're adding more steps, more people between whoever runs the project and the IC that's going to do it. Right? Yeah. Um, and so basically <laughs> what happens is that uh, that prioritizes like product more than the individual like crafts. So um, an- another example we can give like based on the Apple thing is like, say the iPad was its own division. Well, they maybe they there would be an i like a true iPad OS because the designers that work on the iPad have nothing to do with the designers that ha- that work on the iPhone, right? So they would be free mm-hmm. to come up with whatever they think is best for the iPad and not have to worry about the iPhone. So that's why like there's kind of a dilemma here of but what is better? Like, is it better to have consistency or is it better to have things be less consistent but still like be optimized? for the yeah. actual context and honestly like the reality in both cases ends up somewhere in the middle because we do have ipad specific features on the ipad even though apple is a functional organization and even the the uh, divisional organizations still like find ways to maintain consistency so but the structure the structure like doesn't like it reinforces the optimizing for each context a bit more i think where the um divisional organization kind of i don't know if i'm like even qualified to say falls apart but (laughs) i like given all the reservations that you should get like obviously you're (laughs) listening to like someone on a podcast like a designer on a podcast talk about business stuff um but (laughs) where i find that it is becomes less interesting is when each of the different divisions have their own uh pnls which are profit and loss statements mm-hmm. um and this is where like insert uh stratechery <laughs> like ben thompson stuff here uh which is where i get a lot of that information um but basically what happens is in some companies which i believe microsoft was like that and I think they've moved away from that since. But um, say like the the their Windows division and their Office division would would both be operated as their own 
mini companies. So for example, like um each each leader in in each field would be responsible like for example the if the 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 windows division like windows is is free right right now um so they'd be doing terrible and they they'd be put on a plan of like hey guys like you need to to or girl uh you need to get better at this like you need to compete with the profit that's being made on office and then another team would also be competing like they're basically competing for whoever is making the most revenue and i think that can lead to lead to pretty bad incentives because mm-hmm. there are cases where for example like the iphone software comes for free with a device like that's just part of like the full package and so like some of the stuff that you do will inherently be a loss leader because you're making it up in the cells of something else. I don't know if that makes sense. Like it's pretty abstract, but um, like, for example, say you were selling iOS, like the software, like obviously it doesn't come on a CD anymore, but like say you were selling just the software, the software would be pretty expensive, right? Because it's like, I don't know, you can talk about your own personal opinions on the software, but it's pretty good software. You could say the same same thing about Android. Like Android is valuable because it's like a huge platform used by like tons and tons of people. But the way that, for example, Apple monetizes it is by selling you a device. And that just makes it a more compelling package because like who would buy a phone that has no operating system? <laughs> That's kind of a like going back to the old PC days. Um, so I think that's where, and then you get, you can even get into stuff like stack ranking of the different divisions and stuff like that, which like leads you into a bad place. But I think generally the idea of um, having different departments is not a bad one. Like <laughs> there's, there's a reason why a lot of companies go that way because at, at a certain point you get to scale where, for example, like the design team would be so huge. It would be so spread across so many different areas that you have people that are technically in the same same team, but design completely, completely different products, like completely different skills. Like, for example, even if you if you think about like the uh, hardware design of the iPhone and the software, like there are connections, and obviously Apple prides themselves on being the like integrated company. Um, but like in terms of skill set, like I have no idea how I would actually manufacture a physical phone. <laughs> um, but I can I can do UX and UI design. So um, at a certain point, you're just like, okay, it like there's there's no relation between these all the different things that everyone on the design team and that same umbrella does. And so, and it just, at one point, just like, it's hard to scale that. Um, so at one point you're just like, okay, well, we're going to separate and be like, okay, you're this division and you're that division. And then each and every one of them have their own kind of design org within that. You still need to have some kind of uh, umbrella division or like a bridge somehow, if you want to strive for consistency and like, just making sure that the brand stays the same and that you know the team design team A is not going bonkers and design team B is like going the opposite side and then they just you know doesn't feel like the same company anymore yeah um 
So uh, just to give additional context, we have, we're sort of organized in like a divisional type structure. Um, and w- like what's good about it is that the problems are obvious. <laughs> um, it's It's very easy to foreshadow what could go wrong. So for example, like what you mentioned is like, okay, we want to have consistency in our products. Like now that everyone's designing their own things, like how do we ensure that? Like there is no, there's no safeguard in place. Like it, the, it basically like meets at the CEO level. Like doesn't like, that seemed like it doesn't make sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that problem, but that problem was really obvious and we went in it, like knowing that that was going to be a problem. So there are things that you can do. For example, we have Polaris, which is our design system, which is like our centralized area where like all of our design, no matter which sort of division, uh, we call them product lines. Um, no matter which product line you're in, like you're still referring to that same source of truth. So it, it is providing a kind of more distributed way, I guess, uh, to get that consistency, uh, even across different kind of organizations. Also. Um, it doesn't have to be like purely, purely divisional. Like basically what happens is you have different product lines, but then within that you have kind of your own functional org, right? So say you're working on, I don't know, the Shopify core, which is like the main like admin interface. Uh, say you're on the Shopify core, which is the admin sort of interface. Like within that, you will still have like someone who's in charge of UX um, and then they will have design leads that will be reporting to them. And these design leads will have designers that report to them, right? Like it, it's not, it doesn't have to be like at the first level. Like you, it shouldn't, it probably honestly would be a very bad idea to have like designer, designer, engineer, engineer, researcher, content strategist, like all literally report to a single person. Like you kind of still want to have to want to keep that uh, functional structure within your division. So it's kind of, I guess this is like more of a hybrid uh, way of organizing things. But so far, honestly, it's, it's worked pretty well for us and just has made things a little bit easier to deal with um, just because you reach a certain scale um, where there's just so many people that it's it, it's actually nice to have like a smaller focus and not have everyone right. have to have like their focus be the entire the entirety of com- of the company um so are you reporting to a designer or uh, i don't yes. know where you are in that yes yeah i am okay. but my for example my lead is reporting to a like director of effectively like a director of product okay this is yeah this is uh this is very useful this is this is pretty cool. Uh, I wonder, you know, at, when you work at teams that are still so small, like it's still a bit, it's not clear even how we're, where we're drawing the lines, right? And who reports to whom, um, still figuring that stuff out. I am effectively like, you know, now I'm in charge of a team and I'm even trying to make, to, to realize if what is the best way to, to structure this team. Mm-hmm. And should I just have someone focusing exclusively, exclusively on product or not? Um, and then would that person report to the head of product or still report to head of design? And how does that even work? Yeah. Um, 
So it's those type of issues or problems that I'm thinking right now. I uh, I would say like until you can build like a mini org <laughs> within your sort of division, you should have everyone report uh, in a more functional manner. Because basically like if you want like quality, you need seniority. And so like if you hire like in your first few hires, like you might not be able to get that immediately so like unless you basically hire someone who will run with marketing and eventually become like the director of marketing design mm-hmm. uh, it's probably best for them to report to you because then they will get the great feedback that you're going to give them like they're going to be able to grow quicker they're going to be able to understand how things like are done at netlify better um and you can still like have through your relationship with um you know the marketing team uh make sure that their needs are prioritized and that all that is happening it's org it's like <laughs> i was talking about this with um my friend alexandrine a little while ago but um it's funny how there's a point where you realize that a lot of problems are are org are org chart problems wow this is really hard to yep. say um like that there there's a lot of things that it's like oh why are we struggling with this like or why are we not producing good design and it's like pull out the org chart <laughs> and it sounds like it's i had such a an aversion to this because it feels like the manager thing to do <laughs> um mm-hmm. but it really does have an impact <laughs> like it's and the way that i think about it it's it's addressing the structural problems rather than trying to address mm-hmm. like the specific instance because if you address the specific instance the same problem would like keep coming up over and over again but at some point like the problem is at the structure like okay the way we do like we structure this company means that we have this problem on the design side here um and the only way to solve it is to address it as, as the source uh to really fix it so I think it I think it is very interesting. Like it's a, you, it you is, do it have really to get is. into it. Like of course at first I was like, "Ugh, this seems annoying," but um I, like as soon as you get into it, you realize that's just problem solving. Like it's the same kind of skill set that you apply as a designer. You just apply mm-hmm. it in a different way. Um and I'm also kind of going through the, some of that right now. Like it's you will never get it find that you'll get it perfect. Um but right now like there's a bit of like some muddiness on some of my teams of who owns what and what is the clear yeah. kind of that's what i was gonna say it's, it's, it, it's amazing how much just not having a clear person or team who owns a project like the impact that that can have all of a sudden no one really knows who's at the driver's seat and who should i talk to and who who should tell me what to do like who decides yeah. you know uh, <laughs> That can get messy real clear and real fast, and it's even it's not even like clear that sometimes there's not even a clear product owner or right. project owner sometimes it does have like you're you're halfway through a project like wait, wait a minute, <laughs> but then <laughs> who's running this mm-hmm. uh who's the p m here who's whatever yeah. uh, I don't know if you feel this or this is just like startup problems, but i mean we we did have these problems in the past, like now there's we make sure that each project has like clear ownership. Um, yeah, you go through this enough times, you build a process to avoid. Kind of, but it's not really like people think of process as 
like a repeated like a checklist, <laughs> a repeated amount of steps or yeah, checklist. But it's not really that, but it's just like in it's built into kind of our culture and how we do projects. Um, mm-hmm. that like there there's always like a champion, a person that's like pushing the project forward. So, um, there's that. But I think even within specific projects, um, we are lucky enough to be able to have like more than one designer sometimes. Um. And so establishing clear ownership within that project is also really important because that, like, if you don't have that, then it's really hard for people to grow, I found. Um, Because, again, you get play as a designer, you then get placed in more of that, like, service kind of aspect and less of you are the owner for this area, even if it's just, like, one area of the product. Um, Yeah. Like that, like having that knowledge of like, okay, I'm in charge of this is really powerful and allows people to like start taking on more responsibility over time mm-hmm. rather than if you're just telling them like, okay, work on this today and then tomorrow work on that. And then the day after work on this other thing. So we're like, still again, <laughs> constant, uh, thing that needs to be worked on, uh, improved. So, um, yeah. You know, this podcast is just therapy for me, right? <laughs> For both of us, really. I think we alternate. <laughs> we do. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, that was the meaty main topic. We have to move on because we don't have a lot of time. Uh, but I learned important lessons today, Kevin. Thank you. Uh, before we move on to some, some design drama, not really, uh, but some stuff happening on the internet with our side dishes, let me quickly tell you about Abstract. I am not following the script today. Ooh, you listen, if, you, if you're a regular listener to this show, you probably listened to this ad read three times now or whatever, uh, something like that. <laughs> let me tell you, like, Abstract, we use Abstract at Netlify, and I mentioned this on the show previously. I don't know how to use Sketch without this. It's, it's just part of the, that whole process and flow. Um, we use, that's like where every single file is. I introduced a new designer to the team a couple of months ago and uh, everything is there. Just let them in abstract and everything. There's like a history if you even want to go through that and see how some design or some feature evolved through time. Um, every, every work is available at all time. Uh, to everyone and if you mess up or something is wrong or you can't find whatever you can always go back because it is at the end of the day abstract is version control for it for sketch files and one thing that i've we've been using uh, a lot recently is we are uh, taking another look at uh, this feature they called collections which is effectively uh, a way for you to group a bunch of artboards um that you're in your sketch file and and create this one collection that you can cycle through every single screen or artboard that you picked. Uh, it's very easy for people to drop comments on whatever. Uh, so, and then they, they can even like create a, like you know, a, a URL they can just share with the team and Slack. Um, so that is the way that I, effectively, someone gets feedback. So, if my buddy Ramon is working on a new feature, it creates a new branch for that feature. It goes through all the design iterations, all the all the art parts that uh, he needs to go through, and then when he's ready to get some feedback, he will create a collection and pick the uh, specific uh, art parts that he wants feedback on. Create that collection, uh, change the branch to ready to review, and I can see that immediately. Uh, and and I can go in and drop my comments, and every every uh, comment uh, w- you know is in abstract, um, and there's also, also Slack integration. So if you want to get 
pinged on Slack if you want to do that. So anyway, that's one thing that we've been using a lot lately. And uh, effectively, we changed, we moved all of the design feedback from just calls and Slack, you know, banter to abstract. So if you want to try abstract, you can... Um, you can get started, uh, all of your team can get started with a free 30-day trial by uh, going over to their website. That's goabstract.com. And here's the cool thing. If you tweet, in the same tweet, you mention add goabstract and add layout.fm. You know, that's us in abstract. Um, <laughs> coincidence? I think not. <laughs> if you mention both of us in the same tweet, you will be entered uh, for a chance to win $500 credit uh, in their business plan. So... So again, go to goabstract.com, find out more about their products. It is changing a lot of design teams uh, all around the internet. Uh, so, and again, tweet at uh, both of us and uh, win the thing. Our thanks to Abstract for sponsoring this week's uh, episode of Layout. Thank you. Cool. Did you th see this, uh, this tweet where, um, <laughs> I don't even know what Revolut is, but... Uh, <laughs> Apparently, their app uh, is asking people to uh, to do something so that the person who's writing the copy doesn't get fired. I guess I don't know. <laughs> Leave a review. Yes. What is this? Do you know the context? Do you know what's happening at that company? No, I don't even know what that company is. Oh, okay, so I'm I'm gonna tell you. So, Revolut is one of the first like internet banks, right? Um, and they're in the UK originally. Uh, I don't know. I think they probably like expanded to other uh, other countries. But anyway, UK uh, internet company, like uh, internet bank stuff. And they like I've always heard great things about them. They are pretty cool. I think their products, their and their credit card or whatever it is, whatever. Every everyone that uses uh, Revolut really likes them. Cool. Again, internet company. Cool. Um, but apparently, like just a couple of weeks, this is escalating really quickly. Let's say a couple of weeks ago. Um, someone, uh, I don't know if leaked is the right word, but someone posted on Twitter a screenshot of a Slack message, like in Revolut's Slack, um, a message from their CEO. And effectively, I can surface this, I can drop a link in the show notes for the original tweet, but I'm paraphrasing, but the CEO was saying something like, hey, just quick heads up that we're reaching the end of the quarter or whatever and every all the teams you have your own goals and effectively you know if if your review is like, like very disappointing or what effectively if you're not performing well you will be fired and i'm seeing a lot of teams that are under you know they're not uh, they're not getting to their objectives and i don't see anyone working on the weekends so maybe do that whatever something just like terrible company culture this was yeah. pretty this was pretty bad. This was bad. And I'm like, holy shit, that company is it looks like a dumpster fire to work at. Yeah. So this was like maybe like a week ago. That this is still very recent. Uh and then uh, this is just a coincidence, but I have folks that uh, you know work with me that they use Revolut and they've been complaining a lot. I I think that their product is getting their service is getting bad. Uh or at least worst um so anyway this happened and then a couple days later uh the cfo of this company was let go like he was fired which was so like, the guy who posted okay. the slack message no i don't think i don't think it's the same okay person. so he's no, no, the no, no, new no. I don't one think so. 
the new CEO. Yeah, the CFO. Yeah, I assume he's oh, been there yeah. for a while. Anyway, that person was fired, and now I I don't know if this was like. Anyway, it's just it's just terrible, you know. If you have the context, this is terrible timing. But now, yes, apparently Revolut, uh, you know, the app, the product sends a. I don't know if it was like for every everyone or. Anyway, they sent out a push notification for Revolut users, saying like, "Oh no, click me, please!" And then when you click it, it's like someone saying, "Please write a review, like a positive review of this, or I'll get fired." And it was like a bit cheeky comment you know just copyright whatever but given the context <laughs> it was very unfortunate yeah like I, the bad the bad thing is i do believe this copywriter that you know <laughs> if their metrics they don't get better reviews someone will get fired probably oh, so wow. very very unfortunate i don't want to like bad mouth other other companies because Again, I don't know what's going on. I don't know the motives. I don't know the context. But from what I get, from what I see, this looks like terrible company culture. Uh, and if you work at Revolut and you're looking for a job, my DMs are open. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, yikes. That seems that seems like a bad situation. Yikes. All right. Um, did you see this... Uh, new apple news app button <laughs> mm. yeah i've seen some people complaining about about it on twitter uh, the i guess the only complaint i could have i don't think it's a bad app icon that's not i think the only complaint i could bring is that it's another app icon with a white background a little blip another one um yeah, it it is kind of sad. Like all of I don't know Google apps, they're they're all like white with just a little glyph, which is effectively like saying, "Hey, I know. Hey, iOS, I know you want a button, you know, uh, an icon in, uh, using this shape, but no, no, I this shape is just a container. I have my own shape. <laughs> so I don't know. What what do you think? Do you think it's do you think it's terrible? <sighs> I feel like the people who complain about icons on a white background are too intense. <laughs> like, it's not the end of the world. Icons on a yeah. white background. Like, there's a reason why people do that, because it looks good. Um, but I agree that there is... The, I can see the trend. Um, and then mm-hmm. if in a couple years, literally every single one of our icons is against a white background, then it feels like, well... <laughs> what's the point like it doesn't help Mm -hmm. me recognize my icons more um i think the good the best kind of take on it i saw was that um someone who was remarking how this specific icon gets less and less descriptive uh over time and like showing the different iterations of the icon uh, and how it's just like getting yeah getting more and more like abstract um i think it does make sense though that's supposed to be an n right yeah but like, would you pick up on that if you didn't get the context like initially? Oh, I'm not sure. No. Also, not like, even from the current. Yeah, I didn't. Like right now, if you open the news app, like you open it, and at the top right. Well, at least you got the have, newspaper yeah. thing on the app icon. Yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, if you open the app yeah. top right, you do have effectively an icon with reversed colors, right? So, uh, uh the red background with yeah. the white glyph, and the glyph is also a bit different. Um. 
Yeah, I, I would never say that, oh, that's an N for news. Yeah. <laughs> also, but also, just thinking okay about other people... languages where the word it doesn't start with an N. <laughs> like, it makes it hard, even harder right. to make that connection. True. Well, but news is actually not in all countries. I know we didn't have it in Portugal. Oh, but, yeah. Um, and we're just going to get we're gonna get it just now in Canada. So, mm. there you go. Um, I don't really care about news. I've... I've been listening to po- some podcasts who mention like, oh, like Apple's going to do this new. And we've seen like German reports, I think, and stuff like that. That Apple's going to mm-hmm. do a news service. It's like, do people actually use Apple News? I do. Because like that, you use it? Yeah. That's very surprising. Um, my Apple News is garbage. Mine is like, uh, like guilty pleasure garbage. <laughs> There's a lot of like gossip and stuff that I would never, I would never like follow these Twitter accounts, for example. Um, but yeah, here I have a section called Brad Pitt. Why? No idea. I probably click on the wrong links. <laughs> you know. So, but yeah, I do. I do scroll it. Like I do. Yeah, I do use it for sure. Okay, so and I- also on Google, they have you know Google News. It's very much integrated all across the U.S. So, so like on. Anyway, you don't have to open just the Google News app to get Google News content. My trending stories. For a better meatloaf, use this big little trick. <laughs> Number two. Kate Beckinsale's ex has a warning for Pete Davidson. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, no, my top stories are always, like, Trump-related. Always. Yeah, I also have a bunch of these. So I don't know. I it's like I don't really care about news. Like the icon could be like a the poop emoji and it'd be fine mm-hmm. by me. <laughs> the apps in a folder nice. anyways. I don't look at it. Uh it's fine. Whatever. Yeah. But anyway, I just I I just don't understand. By the way, this this icon is on the um, the most recent dev build. So it it could even change, right? I mean mm-hmm. heck. Slack's logo changed uh <laughs> very Both much in large. production. Yeah. Uh yeah. So, you know, uh right now the the Apple News uh app icon on the Mac is that red background with the glyph. So it's like I guess they could just go with that. It's just simpler. But anyway. Yeah. Whatever. Speaking of uh Apple's UI stuff, I so I tweeted a tweet originally by uh Looming Yin. Um he he posted so he said like he dusted off an old iPad from the attic and then he, he recorded the UI of the official you know Apple Podcasts app on the iPad and this was like you know pre iOS seven dates so this this UI is crazy <laughs> it's like the most skeuomorphic thing ever I totally bla- like I blocked this out of my memory I. Now seeing it, I do remember it, but like I, I would never think of it uh, before seeing this again. Um, in fact, if you have like the tape reel, you know, the two like the tape would, <laughs> as you scrub in the you know in the progress uh, of the audio file in this pod, the podcast in this in this case, the the tape would actually go from one little wheel to the to the next one, just like a real tape recorder. Yeah. <laughs> And like, the, if you wanted to change the speeds, you could see the little like the needle or whatever that is changing places. All the buttons are as you know as deep and boxy as they can get. Um, this is 
impressive. This is amazing. And so I just tweet, you know, retweeted with a comment that you know UI design was crazy back then, and it's been very interesting um, to see the the response, like the replies to that. So I got with a, you know a couple minutes difference, someone saying I love this, and someone else saying thank f- we don't live with this anymore. <laughs> so it's like I'm wearing that. People are. It's uh, you know uh, some people really do miss this, and some people can't really you know just think this is terrible. Do you uh, for me it? personally, yeah. Uh, for me personally, is like exactly. I don't think this is a cop out, but it's both. I do miss it, but I don't think it's good design. <laughs> like I miss it from a nostalgia point, and I do think it was. People just had more fun. And people had way more creative freedom. Like, they could go really wild. And everything was, quote-unquote, okay. You know? As long as you can do it, sure. Um, go for it. Like, in this specific example of this thing, you know, 90% of screen, you know, real estate is useless. You know? <laughs> like you can get rid of, like, 90% of that UI and and everything would still work probably better <laughs> but um and so in then use that space for something else uh, but i do miss it man this was very fun this is great uh i don't miss it this app was terrible in every possible way <laughs> it was so bad every second using this app was like someone poking you directly into the eye like it was just <laughs> such a terrible app like who would ever it's like an app made by someone who hates podcasts. Like, it's like I can't imagine a worse design for a podcast app. It was so bad. Like, that, that screen you love, like, you actually had to tap. Like, this is a secondary screen. In order to scrub and see how much time that's remaining on the podcast you're listening to, you actually have to tap to a secondary screen. So it reveals the goddamn cassette tape. <laughs> see that it's just crazy like i get that maybe this was fun but boy was this a bad app and it's i feel like they're only now starting to get better like even if you just looking past the style like for me it's not necessarily about the style but it was just i feel like it it traded the i don't know like the desire to just like show off for a lot of usability, like ba- very, very basic usability <laughs> problems in this app. And I think it was absolutely terrible. And I think you can miss skeuomorphic design, but this is a very bad example of being because this, this is the worst. This is the worst of skeuomorphic design. This is like skeuomorphic design that gets in the way of people actually trying to do what they want to get done. So, yeah, I think this was a very bad app. Um, but not taking into account to, that, like, to look back I agree water. with everything you said but not to, not that strongly <laughs> uh, I think bad. you're just missing one aspect in where UI elements like when you click on the iBooks app and the whole shelf you know rotates on its own axis yeah. to reveal a store behind it that, and all that crappy awesome. yeah. nonsense yeah that was like, awesome. that was what sold ipads the, um, that was like holy shit look at this right. look at this page girl and this is just another extent the, to the that. way and, that the um the scrubber in the music app was like had a different reflection when you rotated your phone 
Yeah, but that's peanuts. You know this. Well, <laughs> yeah, but it, I, to me, that's that's where it really uh, like. I was, I was trying to find like the right tense for the word "shine," but to me, that that's where it really was like a skeuomorphic design at its best. It's like the subtle details, the little things where you you wouldn't even expect it to to work like the physical world, but but then it does. Um, and I think that's the stuff that they should keep get uh, using. And I think in some ways, like still do. Like if you have the uh, Apple Pay Cash card, uh, and you rotate your phone, there's this like holographic kind of effect that happens. Um, that's still like kind of a skeuomorphic effect. Um, in kind of yeah, a but those are like fossils of fossils of skeuomorphism. It's like, oh yeah, look at this one little pixel. See, yeah. remember? You know, no, this is when people went batshit crazy with UIs. They had fun. They were not very optimized. Uh, maybe they got in the way a little bit, but shit, that was fun. <laughs> and I like to show it off. Like, look at this iPad. Look at this. Look at the tape. You know, it's crazy. Um, fair enough. Fair enough. So I think, I think it also has merit. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that it's better UI than what we have now. Heck no. But it has merit. It has something that we did lose in the process. And I don't think we got back yet. Fair enough. Cool. Okay. <laughs> Should we get to recommendations? This is uh, turning out to be a longest show. Do you want to start with your recommendation? Absolutely. Okay, so uh, Kevin, had to, before we started recording, said that he would 1,000% bet that I would pick this as my recommendation. Yeah, I well, think I said I would have bet right. my life. Yes. Uh, you were right. And I did choose this because I was almost convinced that you would pick it as well. So I was like, oh, let me pick this one before he does. Um, so boom. The app, my recommendation for today is an app for iOS from the creators who brought you <laughs> Halid, Halide, Halid. I still don't know how to pronounce that name. Halide. Are you sure? Yes. Are you 100% confident? sure. Do you wish to lock Halide as your answer? Yes. Confirm. I'll ask Seb. Okay. Anyway, from the creators of Halide, uh, it's a new app called Spectre. And Spectre, what it does is creates um, long exposure shots. Is that how the, the right way to say it? S- sounds about right. Effectively, is when you leave a shutter open and then... Smart you know, long exposures. There you go. There you go. Um, so it's a camera app. And it's great for those, you know, it's, it's the, the examples they use is like to get rid of crowds and cars and stuff in the in the in the shot or if you wish to have in fact what apple does it in their own default app but let movement like let the, the shutter open and let movement like effectively have this fluid uh almost like painting uh style to it so you know one thing that you need to have good long exposures is you need to have your camera very very still and that's why I wouldn't even think of doing this in a phone. You need like a tripod and stuff to make that work. So I don't know how they did it. It's crazy tech, I assume. Uh, oh, they actually they do, they do say that it is an AI-powered shutter for your iPhone. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, like they have this very good uh, way of effectively like stabilizing your shot. And it actually makes for one of the... One of the best, like little UI details that I've seen in an app in a while. Oh, where yeah, I love it. You can see your phone moving to like to try to keep it inside the little box to make sure your phone is not moving too much. And it does say like stable when, it, when it's stable. And I think that's just 
pretty cool. Um, you should get you, this app watch- just for this animation. It's just like yes, and and get the app <laughs> okay, and it. shake your phone. It's it's amazing. Oh man, wait! I didn't shake all that. I didn't, I never shake shaking that, that much. It goes crazy. Yeah, flying. it's so great. I love it. So good. Like the UI for this app is one of my favorite UIs for an iPhone in a long while. Um, it's just so well done, and uh, it has one of the best in my opinion, one of the best onboarding tutorial flows uh, that I've seen in a while. It's pretty cool. And all the marketing shots, just like Sebastian DeWitt knows how to make, <laughs> they look so good. I know. It's kind of annoying. Um, so even if you never take, you know, pictures with your phone and you're really not, you know, this is not for you, just download it for that UI. If you're a designer and you appreciate good UI design, Get it for that. If you don't have a phone or you don't appreciate good design, at least check their Why marketing page, which is show? also pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> uh, go to specter.cam. Um, that's, the, that's like their marketing page, and it, it looks really good. Just one little thing. Their get it on the App Store button. Yeah. That's not the original. Like That's not the official button. And I do know from experience that Apple will give you shit for it. <laughs> Well, they're number one oh, on the oh. App Store right now, so I don't know. Yeah, that, that is true. That's true. I think they were like featured mm-hmm. almost uh, like on day one. Also, this is anyway. This is the best looking ten uh, R I've seen. Is this a ten R? Yeah. Is that why the SIM card slot is there? Uh, my guess is yes, but maybe that's just a new position for all new phones. I'm not sure. Oh, um, I missed that. But yeah, it is a ten R. What is your recommendation, my dude? So my recommendation this week is the Kindle. <laughs> Not the app. Wow. An actual physical Kindle. Wow. Okay. Uh, I know I'm, I'm really late to this party, and I've put, like, <laughs> I, I've pushed this purchase, like, back and back, like, so many times. I was on the fence for so, so long, and... Honestly, I I have it for like two or three weeks now, and I I gotta say I really love it. It's I wanted to increase the my like reading frequency because <laughs> I found that is I, that why you, why you got it? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um. So, okay. and typically I'm wary of like buying a thing as a way to convince me to do something more. <laughs> It's like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to start running. Like, let me go buy new shoes. Um, and I was like, well, m- like typically you should start running first and then when you see that you actually <laughs> need the shoes and you use you would use them, then you buy the shoes as a reward. Um, and I yeah, very much you, subscribe to this yeah. idea typically, but um one problem that I found was it is so hard to actually read on a phone. Um because like no matter how much like I and I I, the phone factor is fine for me. That's not the problem. My problem is all the notifications and the fact that it's so easy to get out of the, reading the book and go into something else. Like I would literally think of some, uh, always think of something else to do rather than be reading. So what I'm doing now with the Kindle, which is like an actual device, is I'll put my phone away and not even like be in arm's reach of it and just like spend focused time on just reading 
Also, one thing that I really like, because um, I've read the um, Why We Sleep book, um, and one of the things that they talk about, obviously, is like if you want, it's pretty obvious, but um, if you want to have a better sleep, uh, you should avoid screens for like at least like an hour uh, before you go to bed. Um, and what is great about the Kindle is that like you don't have to have the backlight be on like in your face all the time. So it's super nice to like actually be, have this device to actually be just able to read without having any like kind of crazy light lighting on before going to bed. Uh, helps me like go to sleep faster. Um, and I can still like keep my highlights and do all of that stuff. And also this, this is the new model, which is uh, the cheap one, but still waterproof. So very nice. I am I'm curious as to why the iPad didn't even enter this. Uh, there's no. two reasons. So one, it's too heavy. Uh, huh. I, f I find that it gets uncomfortable to read after a while on it. Um, and then two, again, the big, giant, like, bright screen in your face. Okay. Because that's my go-to reading device at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if that works for you, like, fantastic. But I found, for <laughs> me, that it wasn't working out. Like, I just, I wasn't reading. And so <laughs> it's only been a few weeks. So who knows, I might not keep up with it, but it's certainly made it easier. Like if I am able to say, okay, I want to read now to keep with it like for a longer stretch of time than when I was using my phone. So, and nice. also it still syncs the, the position. So if I'm in a spot where obviously like I'm not carrying the Kindle everywhere. Um, so if I'm in the spot where I don't have the Kindle, I can just keep reading on the phone the same way I was before. Alright. So I think it's a interesting, yeah, very interesting nice device. recommendation. Yeah, it cool, it does cool. feel like a device from another era though. Like <laughs> the way you get the <laughs> weird glitch like between when you switch pages and they have this weird scrolling. So you can do the scrolling gesture, but then it just like jumps <laughs> from one to the other. Oh. It feels like this like device from another other era. And then when it it, it, is. it shuts off <laughs> It uh prints you go like, it, dun, it, like dun, dun, dun. no 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 it prints something on the screen <laughs> so it looks like the screen is on all the time but it's it's just like I guess um what takes requires power is changing what's visible on the screen so just like huh. put like a background and that's it like it just there's no difference between on and off like it's the same <laughs> that is weird very weird and interesting at first I was like is it actually off like I'm not sure <laughs> yes it is off so yeah. All right, cool recommendation. Um, and uh, that's it for the show. So we recommend you stop listening now. Uh, <laughs> don't listen to the very end because we have a special surprise. We don't. Um, so you can you can get in touch with us uh, via Twitter. We are at layoutfm. If you want to follow us individually, I am at Rafa Hari and Kevin is at Vernal Kick. Uh, you can find the show notes for every recommendation uh, of today or every single link and tweet that we mentioned um, and you can find those either on your podcast app of choice most likely or you can always go to our website that is layout.fm over there you can find not only the show notes but links to every other episode links to subscribe links to get in touch with us if you want to sponsor our show um, all that in our website and um, this show is part of the spec fm network so if you're looking for more shows to listen to you can head over to the website as well to find all that and they are 
at uh, spec.fm. And uh, once again, our thanks to Abstract for sponsoring this week's episode of Layout. And um, again, you can start a 30-day free trial and enter your chance uh, for a $500 uh, credits on their business account. Uh, and they are goabstract.com. 